Michael Lobo is Mebo. It's episode 101. Shit. Of Just Because the Human Experience podcast. My guest, thank you, coronavirus, was uh, Chris Ewan. He's one of the reasons I am happy to have joined this fraternity. I wouldn't have met him without it. He's one of my brothers, and I would say one of my best friends in life. He moved to California because he has dreams and goals. <laughs> I miss him. Thank you, Zoom. Thank you, coronavirus, for making this happen. How does your Perfect. water bottle double as a flashlight? So you see, you open up the top and the flashlight, and then you drink from it. It's a water bottle, and then you make it a flashlight again. Do you clean it before using it as a water bottle? That's why you... Um, no, you don't clean it. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer you don't clean it. Uh, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Oh, gosh. In life and then uh, coronavirus life. Yeah, it's a it's a lot go all at once. <laughs> yeah, as, I'm sure it's for everybody. No, I'm great. And your no, hair's getting I, super long. <laughs> huh? <laughs> what you call me? Your hair's getting super long. I yeah, it's a mess. We just woke up and then we just gave uh, the boy some. Popeyes, and then I ran out. I said, I have to go talk to Chris K. Bye. And of course, he was oh, crying. For breakfast. Good job. Yes, we're living the dream. I uh, I drank. Yep. Two, that's how you two, do it. That's it. Just period. I drank. <laughs> I drank two beers last night, and then I nice. threw up. My body sucks now. But I could drink a lot of your, wine. Your body's and, old. Yeah, I could drink a lot of wine and whiskey though. So I don't know. Yeah, because that's an old, mature drink, not a I guess not so. a, not a college frat party yeah. drink. Son of a <laughs> bitch! Do you want to state your legal name for the for the I, record? Yes, my legal name is Dynasty. <laughs> okay, fine. That's <laughs> I'm here with Dynasty. This is episode uh, 101. So you are the Ooh. Dalmatians. Yes, and black Disney. and white puppies. That's what we are: black and white puppies. Even though no one likes equality anymore no only separation separate but equal separate but kind of equal depending on what state you're in depending on on who you interact with depending on who you interact with depending on how much disinfectant you can drink true yes maybe that's why i threw up i was drinking also i was chasing the beer with disinfectant you should have drank the disinfectant first and chased it with the beer Ah, uh, flashlight water bottle. Um, <laughs> I wanted to have you on because I've I've always said uh, you were one of the weirdest little people. No, um, when when I first met you, you I were mean, my email was weird boy. <laughs> B O I. So was it spelled B O I? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> weird, weird boy, boy underscore twenty four. That was nope. my first email. Oh, no. Oh, no. At hellokittyisland.com. Um, 
I've always thought you were very mature uh, for your age when I met you at 15 years old. And, um, and now at, I'm 17. And now you are 17 and you've grown so much. In my stomach. In Okay, there it is. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, and I, so I wanted to talk to you because there's not a lot of young people. And then I see, you know, as, as one of the founders for the fraternity, um, I'll meet a lot of I'll meet a, a lot of young men. Um, that sounds True. disgusting. And uh, <laughs> I always I always compare them to you, and then I go, "No, Dynasty was different though, because he was just uh, he was you were mature for your age at the time. Now you're an idiot, um, so you've Facts. caught up. But at the time, <laughs> you were pretty great. And so I wanted to try to figure out why that is. Um, at the time you're pretty great. Now you, you kind of suck. <laughs> You've evened out. <laughs> You've I'm plateaued. Now. You were average. great, and then it, it, now you're just average. I'm, I'm fine with that. You're where you should be. Okay. So you're not exceptional anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what the hell? Oh, so I wanted to figure it out. So um, you have parents. Correct. All right. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> no, uh, could you talk about, were you close with them? Um, you had both parents in your life right or am i yeah um i had and still have my both my parents in my life you know very fortunate for that i was able to really develop a bond with both of them um Mm -hmm. but obviously i had a very good Uh oh you're disappearing here bond with my dad growing up because I was an only child, I would older. I'm starting to have a lot more personal conversations with my mom, which is great because I wasn't able to do that before just because I was younger and I didn't really know a lot was going on. Um, but yes, yeah, so I live with them now. We're living with this Corona. <laughs> yeah. So that's been a new challenge. But yeah, I've always been very fortunate to have them in my life supporting me financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially. Um, so it's been nice. It's been very uh, helpful in my life. Yeah. Did they immigrate here or were they born here? Don't remember. Um, my dad came here from Hong Kong. Okay. And my mom came here from Cambodia. Oh, Okay. Did you get a lot of, um, I know I butted heads a lot with my parents because they came here from the Philippines and uh, or they just didn't understand American culture and American life. So there was a lot of stuff I wanted to do as a kid, like go hang out with my friends. And I go, you don't do that, Michael. You study mm-hmm. all day. I go, but I need friends. Uh, yeah. Did you get a lot of that? <laughs> and especially since you're um, younger than me, we won't say by how much, but um uh, I would assume that might have been a lot more different than how the arguments I had with my parents or conversations. It was weird because my dad's side of the family is very westernized and they're very like kind oh. of like whitewashed. And then my mom's side is very traditional. So my dad grew up, he came here when he was 12. He grew up like being very independent, kind of already apart from the family not like a big close unit and then 
he he pretty much lived on his own since he was very young so a lot of that was instilled in me mm-hmm. but then i still have the traditional values that i have to be grown up with so it was like yeah you're cutting out you're driving through a time i want We'll just hang have out with my, my white friends. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to go there and we're going to hang out and we don't know when we're going to get back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, that's different. <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to not asking for permission. And even still, like, I'm 25, I'm an adult, but I'm still asking for permission for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, especially now during the times. Um, so it was, it was very half-half where, yeah, I was supposed to stay inside and play my instrument do my homework yeah books and then there's also another half of it where it's like yeah like you're an american kid like go out and play with your friends go on the street and do all that stuff so i had to find a a balance of both yeah and um so you're in california i don't know if we've mentioned that and then uh you went to asu why did you pick ASU was it for the <laughs> it was because I knew I was going to meet this guy named Michael Bowler at the time yeah Michael Bowler and he, he was going to draft me to yes. this whack-ass fraternity all right but it sounded like a good idea at the time such now a good idea I'm regretting all of it <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> no um <laughs> uh what it was for me is I've always been very coddled mm in like high school and before that and in a sense very privileged because my parents worked very hard and whatever I wanted or needed they provided for me so I was very fortunate to have that um going into college I knew I couldn't live that lifestyle of just my parents getting everything for me and oh if you need laundry done we can do it for you if you need food we can provide that I wanted to experience how to live on my own Mm. and of the places that I applied to and got into (laughs) uh, ASU, I thought was the best place for me to do that. I got into Hawaii, but they wouldn't let me go to Hawaii. Um, Dang, that would have been tight. I I could have recruited you there. Yeah. I could have been a founder (laughs) there. Um, I got into like Monterey Bay, but I, I also didn't want to go to a school that was, one not well known mm. and monterey bay is also closer to my family in san francisco which yeah. i'm leaving but i'm not leaving yeah so with me going to asu that was the best choice for me to be independent grow try some new things and so that's the main reason why i went there you know and to get away to right to not constantly be at home uh so that that was nice yeah and then and, i met you guys and then your life went downhill from there and then it uphill didn't start going downhill until like the last year <laughs> perfect done i already said it <laughs> nope that's it stop recording <laughs> um one of the things you and i connected on really quickly was being asian no um one of the things you and i connected on really quickly was being brown asian no uh one of the things no i'm just kidding um psychology because we both study psychology yeah and um i'm i'm super jealous of you because you're you're studying it you're getting your masters um what what drew you no first hold on how did your asian parents 
take I say with so much respect. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. To, they know you, so they're fine. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, take to you um, studying psychology because mine did not get it. They still don't understand what psychology is. They think it's a waste of money. <laughs> I should be a nurse, Michael, um, or an engineer. Yeah. So what did that did it's that come because... up at all or? So, like in the um, the Chinese dialect that we speak at home, or that they speak, that I can pick up words here and there. There's no word for therapist. Whoa! Usually, usually it's teacher or doctor. And so, if you're going into this field, you pick one of the two and you roll with it. <laughs> can you combine it and be a teacher doctor? Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, that's the plan. <laughs> so. I wanted to be a teacher doctor around like maybe junior year. Um, what drove me into it is because I'm an only child, as you know. Um, and I have three older cousins that meant the world to me. Mm. They were very supportive. They had my back whenever I needed it. So they played a huge impact on me growing up. And they lived in San Francisco. So I didn't get a chance to see them all the time. But when I did, it definitely made me very appreciative that I had them. Mm -hmm. So they played such a huge role in my life that when I was growing up, I wanted to have that impact on someone else too. I wanted to be a good role model for my younger cousins. And I know a lot of families and kids don't have those people to look up to. Mm. I, I was very blessed with a supportive family um, that is could still continue to support me to this day. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids don't have that. They're, they're fine with it, but they, I think have they known that there's someone out there looking out for them, someone that cares about them, their lives could be completely different than where they're at now. So that was the, the main reason why I wanted to be a, psycho a child psychologist, mm -hmm. just because to give those people that are less fortunate than I was a chance, you know? And then as I started taking classes at ASU, doing the child study lab, and then working with you, um, I, I, lo I loved it a lot more just because I was able to see my rapport with the kids and see my connection with them. And that was something that I anticipated but never discovered until college. And then working as a behavioral technician, so I'm working with kids with autism, spectrum disorder, and other learning disabilities, that intensified my desire to be in this field a lot more because these kids are even more at a disadvantage mm -hmm. um, to society standards and they really don't have a lot of people that they can look up to. So doing all of those um, really convinced me that this is what I want to do um, for my career. Yeah. And the, uh... Have you noticed anything culturally? Are there a lot of Asians? Are there a lot of people of no. color is what I'm getting to. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. What have you noticed with that? Because 
I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but in my household, it wasn't talked about. Mm-hmm. At, for us, it wasn't like, oh, you should never speak of this. Don't ever say this word ever again. It, but it was just, you keep your issues in the home. Mm-hmm. You don't talk about it with others. And when you talk about your issues, it's kind of considered a weakness. And from what I've heard, it's very similar for a lot of minority cultures. It's just that you don't talk about your issues. You leave it at home. You don't bring other outsiders into it. Mm -hmm. And so with me growing up, my parents always advocated for what I wanted to study. They never really pushed me in any direction. Uh, but we never really talked about therapy or psychology just because it's kind of like a taboo in my household. It's like, eh, we'll just leave it there to the side and open the box when we get there, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's no, there's not a lot of minority uh, psychologists, therapists out there. Yeah. So at my school, I'm probably like one out of maybe six people of color uh, um yeah well people of color maybe about one of 10 oh okay one of six like asian chinese people but the rest like 90 percent is all caucasian females <laughs> uh that's terrible i just realized i made that face after caucasian female um <laughs> but no i i was just having a, a conversation with my mom the other day you know about our family mm-hmm. and of course i because I'm brilliant, I would say, you know, why don't you talk to them about it? Or have you tried saying it like this? And it, it's the same thing. It's, oh, no, we're just, no, no, no. We're not going to talk about it. Like, it, mm-hmm. there's, there's this, at least from on my side in the Philippines, uh, there's a fear of, of bringing something up because you don't want to offend or hurt the other person. And I think that's ridiculous. Um, and that, that's frustrating. Has have your parents asked though what are you doing what what is this for have how has that conversation been of just or do they just go all right you go study whatever it is teacher doctor they in in the beginning they're kind of just like okay do whatever as long as you get good grades you know mm. didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> thanks jeremiah yeah asshole <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, but yeah, so that was the beginning of it. And that was still when I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to get into as a student and what I wanted to get into for my career. Now that I'm focused in on psychology, on child psychology, mm-hmm. um, my dad's been asking me a lot, like, oh, what are some things that you've noticed between like your upbringing? And I had the privilege of interviewing my dad about his upbringing, his transition from Hong Kong to the U S and he, he asked me to like analyze that, like, Oh, you know, what do you think all of this means? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really, really awesome for me to one, get to know him more on a personal level, but also translate his life to my studies. Um, Because I, I learn better when it's, personal to me when I can mm-hmm. like see it for myself and I experience it in my own life. And so for my dad to tell me his story and for me to match it up with what I'm learning was very helpful. And I felt like 
that was probably one of the times where I've learned the most with what I'm doing. Yeah. And then with my mom, she grew up in Cambodia, like I mentioned, and there's a lot of trauma there from the war. Mm. So it's interesting for me to see how effects of PTSD no problem on and other trauma related symptoms come up and I'm, I'm sitting there i'm taking notes and i'm like oh but anyways um hi serena <laughs> you fro you froze so we we're like i don't know if he sees you say hi hi your tito chris woof woof Oh my god, he's so cute. No, no. Oliver, I'm a cat, not a dog. <laughs> he's already a dog. He's gonna he, pledge he at U of A. Oh yeah, he should. Oh. <laughs> wah wah. Wah. But anyways, wah. um, yeah. So now it's interesting to see how my parents grew up and what world life factors have impacted their upbringing mm -hmm. whether it's relationships war um poverty just a transition from moving from a country to another country where you don't speak the language mm -hmm. um, so i've been able to see that in their stories and translated to my my schoolwork which has been very um exciting to see how they're growing up yeah. So yeah, they're asking me a lot more about it and really trying to one like be considerate of what I'm learning and to maybe get some answers for themselves. Yeah. And they have they been receptive to the stuff you say? Yeah. Like that that you um, figured out. Yeah, when I when I analyze my parents, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Them all the things that they did wrong. Perfect. Uh, no, uh, yeah, they they've been very receptive of it, and I think a big chunk of it is they're just happy that I'm doing something that I enjoy now, opposed mm -hmm. to society telling you you have to go to twelve years of school and then you have to go to college. Yeah, that's what society says, you know. And that's what society says is that's how you'll be successful. But I don't like when people are telling me do this, do that, because I want to figure it out for myself. Yeah. So this was the first time that I wanted to do this for me, wanted to learn this for myself and not because someone was telling me to do so. So I think they are more happy that I'm down this route for that reason and they're just like, okay, whatever he learns, he learns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so now that you have the superpowers, uh, do you find it difficult sometimes to talk to people without analyzing them? And I do it, but I, I didn't get to go to, uh, what is it called? Grad school? Um, so you probably have way more. Two years of financial hell. Perfect. I need to get in on that. Uh, <laughs> so you have a lot more uh, skills and weapons and techniques than I do. And um, do you analyze people when you talk to them? Because I do. And I must when I imagine. talk to them, no. Uh -huh. But after I talk to them, definitely. Ooh. Like I will approach them as a regular human being 
having a conversation and then like when we part ways i now think about it, i'm like huh okay that makes sense yeah so i don't process all of that in the moment i have that conversation with them first and then later on when i get home sometimes i'll think about it and like oh, okay so this is probably why you're right. a b and c you know why you ordered extra pickles um mm-hmm. and i'll keep taking your books huh he froze again a little oh there we go there we are nope. you're driving through a yeah. tunnel um be of use i think coronavirus got in your computer oh there you are okay good you're back because you keep cutting out um what was i oh kids so you're working with kids um who have uh autism right that they're on the spectrum or maybe it's not coronavirus but Maybe it's us. (laughs) Maybe it's us. There you are. Maybe it's just society telling us we should never have a podcast. (laughs) We should should never do this. I'm like, I've done, no, I've done only one other one, but I've done a few Zoom calls with my kids. It doesn't cut out, Dynasty. Um, His name is Chris, everybody. And, uh, (laughs) oh, but you you currently work with um, kids who have autism, right? Correct. Is it like... I don't know if you remember, but like the school next to Next Horizons where they had one teacher for every yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Have. Yeah. It's very similar to that. Okay. And I don't know if I misheard this when I was eavesdropping on people, but do they bring in kids without autism just so then the students with autism kind of get a feel for how to be around other kids does that sound any like anything um there are parents that will ask for services um their child might not be diagnosed Mm -hmm. but they can also be just very late in their um in their development Mm -hmm. and so obviously as a parent and you should probably you could probably test this like oh my child is two months behind on this there's something wrong you know i think a lot of parents freak out very quickly Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah whether or not there is something wrong or not um sometimes it's just it takes a little bit to develop Mm -hmm. but at the same time you never want to be too late in a sense that oh yeah he's been diagnosed with this for x amount of years and you're just now coming in because you thought it was a problem like with early childhood development, the sooner we can get to the problem, mm-hmm. the sooner we can try and cope with it. I don't want to say fix it because it's not something that needs to be fixed. Right. It's just something that you need to work with and cope with. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a lot of parents that will put their kids into services like ours just to strengthen their behavior. Like, Although we do work with autism spectrum disorder patients, uh, patients with autism spectrum disorder, sorry. Um, it's not mainly for that. We could just have kids with regular behavioral problems 
yeah. opposition of the fine disorder, um, ADHD, even speech impediments. I've worked with some kids that, because um, the linguistics aren't all there yet. So there's definitely a good amount of kids that I've worked with that, not a concern it mm -hmm. it is a concern but it's not the biggest one so there are um a lot of patients that have more or even less than just autism spectrum disorder yeah uh what's been the most frustrating thing you've had to Oof. sort of never oh there we go all right i don't even have to finish the question go <laughs> ahead i'm sure um, i'm sure there's so much um bureaucracy and policy that is frustrating uh to try to work through i'm it, guessing yeah i don't know so probably the two biggest issues for me in this position is the first one is the parents oh. a lot of parents they'll try and tell me what to do they'll try and i get it this is your kid you want you think you know what's best Mm -hmm. but don't tell me how to do my job. Right. And also like, I shouldn't be putting in more work to work with your kid than you are. Ooh. Yeah. I think there's a, and yeah, as, as I've worked with you, we know some parents that yeah, they, they drop their kids off at you expect you to do everything. And then they just sit back and relax and complain when their kid isn't perfect, you know? Right. But yeah. in order to obtain that sense of perfection, there has to be consistency. We can be doing one thing at the schools or throughout my programs. The minute they get home, that's a completely different story. Mm -hmm. And all of our work goes out the window and they're th thinking, Oh, well, you're not learning anything at school. You're not learning anything with your teacher doctor. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. That's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> so teacher you are, doctor. you're doing something wrong. So mm -hmm. I've had a lot of parents that will sort of like verbally not attack me, but like be aggressive with me in that way mm -hmm. because they think they know best and whether or not they do, that's, you know, up to them, but don't, tell me how to do my job. And if you're going to want your kid to succeed and give your kid the best chance, you need to put in the work too. Don't expect everything to fall on us, you know? Right. So, th so I that's one of the things that's really tough for me. The second thing is when my kids get physically aggressive mm. because I'm not the biggest guy. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but it's hard because you have a kid like, punching you, kicking you, slapping you, spitting on you, biting you. And you have to remain as neutral as possible. Right. You can't react to it because that might be what they want. They might, they want a reaction. So if you give into that, you're reinforcing their behavior of, Oh, I can just punch and kick and scream. And Chris is going to give me whatever I want. Like, no, you have to learn how to put your foot down and how to, ignore all of these cries for attention you know yeah and when they get physically aggressive it's hard too because it's a very tricky situation with like ethics of how oh. to position them 
because if you say hold them, that's like a bad term because you don't want to be holding anybody. Mm -hmm. But if a kid is punching and kicking you, you have to do what's best for yourself, you know? So it's hard because you have to think about everyone's safety, but also what's ethically and legally like correct. Yeah. And with a lot of, a lot of times that you're in these situations, that's not the first thing that you think of is how to position yourself. You know, Yeah. you think of how to make sure you're safe and that's it. And I'm pretty sure if a kid came up to you and punched you right now, there's a lot of emotions and feelings that are going to be going on. Mm-hmm. But which one is the correct way to go about it? The legal as a way. Teacher, you know, yeah. <laughs> as a teacher, you know, like the better ways to go about it. But a lot of kids, a lot of parents, a lot of other staff that are working in these situations, and not even with kids that are physically aggressive, but even adults too. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to react to it and their reactions to it could be really harmful legally if they d- do it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the the frustrating things with, with the parents. And even now with Zoom, I'll um, <laughs> we have to do activities. So I'll post the centers and I'll send it in the newsletter. And then mm-hmm. I'll talk to the kids on Tuesday and I'll say, Hey, did you do the center with the whatever activity? Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll say no. And I go, well, it's not their fault. They can't read. It's the yeah. parents. And so now I have to rely on these parents. Whereas when we're in person, I can make sure they do the centers. Right. And I have control over that. But now I have, I have really no control uh, except to just make these videos or these meetings and then kind of hope the kids show up and, mm-hmm already like and, it's 50 50 now yeah so uh, I'd, I'd hear you on that and then you know when the parents complain uh why is it my kid doing that? i i'm only with them for 40 hours a week you have them um, all the the rest of the time oh, um, not only that too it's like you have 15 other kids oh yeah and sometimes i mean i'm not trying to judge their situation but sometimes they just have one uh-huh and it's like well my job is to look after all of the kids, mm-hmm. you know, not just, Oh, okay. The other 14 of you can do whatever. I'm only going to focus on this kid, you know? Right. So that makes it really tough. Yeah. And then, um, Oh, with the, the sort of the duality, huh? New word um, yeah. of like when, so when we uh, talk about work, right. There's the, there's the teacher, doctor, teacher talk of, no, I really think this kid is just upset because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where we'll be hanging out with other people and they'll, they'll say something like, that kid's, that's a shitty kid. Well, as a teacher, mm-hmm. doctor, you know, that's not really a, a correct term to call a kid. Uh, right. And it's not a fair term. But there are times mm-hmm. where you just want to be, yeah, that kid fucking sucks. But, oh, you definitely. know, that's, that's not... Yeah, so there's that that jumping between, and um, there'll be times with Serena when we're talking shit, and uh, I go, "Do you want teacher doctor me, or do you want like just me off of work?" Because I can, yeah. depending how you want to talk about this, it's going to mm-hmm. be different. Um, I don't know when Zoom is going to kick us off because I didn't, I don't pay for the more than forty minutes. Um, but we usually end with, "Wait, when do you end graduate then?" 
I will be done by the end of this year. December or May. I, I was supposed to finish my program around September, uh-huh. but given how things are going right now with Corona, I might have to push it back a quarter, which is not the worst case scenario. I would just take a quarter off so yeah. that I'm not paying double tuition. Right. Um, now, what is Corona? What are you, what is this? Is this like beer. Coachella? Oh, the beer. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, of the uh, beer. Solely <laughs> because of the beer, I'm going to get sidetracked another three months. Yeah. No, um, but I'm doing an internship at a geriatrics facility. So patients with dementia, Alzheimer's, just regular memory loss. And obviously that's the biggest population affected by Corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The virus, not the beer. Maybe the beer. <laughs> maybe the maybe the beer. <laughs> um, and so we've had to shut down our facility. And then we're still doing telehealth and talking to our patients over the phone, but it's a lot different than being in person. And yeah, I'm not able to get a lot of my hours done because there's no facility open now. Yeah. So if this thing keeps up. I'm going to take a quarter off next quarter so that way I don't have to pay tuition and then just try and pile everything on my last quarter. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Corona is done by the end. We can go and see people and leave the house. Um, you can come here. Yeah. Or we can then, come there. Either way. Maybe we meet up Blythe. Blythe, 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 Blythe. New title um, for the episode. <laughs> Teach your doctor at Blythe. Teach. <laughs> you could take over Blythe. Wait. So then, what is the um, the dream career or the goal career for you once you're done? What is where you, where you want to end up? I want to be a married and family therapist. Mm-hmm. That's the degree that I'm going for right now. And in order for me to do all of that school obviously i have to do my internship hours um i have to be in my own therapy which i've discussed with you mm-hmm. personally <laughs> yeah we um, no we only talk and on then i have to yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have to accumulate three thousand hours of internship work mm-hmm. and then i need to take the licensure exam so once all of that happens probably in about three years just based off of how long that would take I will be a licensed marriage and family therapist. Mm. So I would want to work with kids, but I'm not closing all of the doors. Whatever opens up in my way and has the best benefits is where I'm going to go. But ultimately I would like to work with kids. So then what it, so then how does that work? Do you, is that like Dairy Queen where they're known for their ice cream, but they also have hamburgers? Like, do you, do you advertise yes. yourself as marriage and family, but you also do these things? Or Well, the, the overall umbrella of marriage and family, you can work with kids, individuals, families, um, people going through addictions, mm. people with trauma. Um, oh, so that covers. LGBTQ clients. Much, yeah. Yeah, so the marriage and family is just the overall umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can pick the certain spots underneath it that you want to work under. So yeah, I would say that I'm advertised as a child therapist, but 
open and willing to work with people outside of that demographic. Mm. Okay, that works. So I usually end with uh, more random questions than I asked you already. Um, I'm going to Google Corona later because I don't, I haven't heard of this. Okay. Um, if you were in the, this grad program, what topic would you want to focus on? I like kids. That's a weird sentence. No. Um, well, I, I think family counseling too was, was my biggest draw when I added the family studies minor. Um, and if I didn't become a teacher at Next Horizons, uh, I would have loved to go that way. Um, Mm -hmm. because growing up in a shitty family and growing up where no one talked to each other Mm -hmm. with abuse. And then I, in reading the book, you let me borrow or have, I don't remember. Uh, and then even just movies or TV shows or things in the news of just shitty family situations. I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think family, um, would have been the area, um, I would have liked to have gone through even kids man kids yeah they they hold so much stuff in even teenagers um mm-hmm. serena suggested being a high school counselor but i don't know the qualifications for that um if i'm allowed but uh they, they just need someone to talk to and how much mm-hmm. you said it earlier how much relief they would just get um from being able to talk to somebody i think is is super important right yeah so I, I, I think that's where I would have gone in a alternate Doctor Strange reality. Makes sense. Huh? Because you're... Um, so the random questions. What song do you know all the words to? I'll make a man out of you. Yes. See, that's when I typed it. I was like, I hope he says that. So now you'll <laughs> sing it. No. Um, any Disney song. Any Disney. <laughs> okay. I don't know when Zoom is going to kick us off. Why do you love Disney so much? because <laughs> um i judge it brings people. me back to a simpler time mm-hmm. when we didn't have to worry about school and work relationships that was always my go-to growing up and so i really hold on to that mm-hmm. not that i'm like oh i can i need to live in the past and all that but it definitely like brightens my mood mm-hmm. it makes me pumped for like whenever i go to events and besides it being ridiculously expensive oh boy i I think it's a great family gathering Mm -hmm. whether it's at the park or watching a movie listening to the music and now that they've added so many other companies and corporations like star wars and marvel that just makes it more of a family company for me Mm -hmm. and that's something that i really appreciate because my family is very big and we all are very close. And that is one of the things that pushes us in that direction. Yeah. Fine. I won't judge you anymore. Um, that was a good answer. Um, I'll just keep judging everybody else. You can keep going to Disneyland. Uh, if you, you, no, not, why not? Um, they they closed Corona. They closed because of Corona. The fuck is Corona doing, man? Shit. They're pouring the beer all over Disneyland Park. And it's just making it smell. Um, like Disney, white, Disneyland's drunk right now. Like white people's visions of Mexican people. Um, <laughs> if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do all day? Clean version. No, or, or dirty version. Whatever. If I didn't have to worry about money, I would travel. Yeah. 
where would you go? Uh, I want to do an Asia tour. So start off in Hong Kong, see uh-huh. where my dad grew up, see what his childhood was like over there, make my way over to Japan because I love Japan so much, mm-hmm. Korea, and then finish off in Cambodia so I can see where my mom grew up. I accept that answer. Uh, what's and your... F- the Philippines. And the Thank you. God. No, uh, the Philippines. The Philippines. Uh, you can so go, I'll go to wa- Hong Kong, Philippines, Japan, Philippines, South Korea, Philippines. Perfect. That's about the right amount of Philippines. Okay. <laughs> what, is, what is your favorite way to travel? Hmm. I like train. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Really? Why? Because with airplanes, I think there's a lot of people that are impatient and someone's schedule always messes up the flights. <laughs> yeah. And although that can happen with trains as well, I think it's more likely to happen on planes. Mm-hmm. Plus, God forbid, if something were to happen, I think a train would be easier to go to the next stop. Yeah. Opposed to a plane where okay try and go to the next stop if you can make it you know right we're already on the ground we're doing all of that um so i think a train would be safer but and also i like the scenery too yeah when you're on a train and i can go from here to san diego and you are pretty much going past the ocean the entire way oh damn it's awesome because i'm an ocean kid I love seeing people in the water. And so that's really fun. And then when I was in Japan, you get to see all of the like landmarks. You can see Mount Fiji mm-hmm. from the train. And so it's, it's just an awesome experience. Yeah. So I would definitely say train. I've never a train, a train. Would you, could you on a train? I'll look, I need to look for one. I don't think Arizona would be that great. Yeah. <laughs> Find a train. And I, I, when you were talking, yeah, if a train needed to stop, it could just stop. And yeah. you're on the ground. If a plane needed to stop, shit. <laughs> yeah. You're in the air. Um, yep. Let's see. What would be the most unsettling thing to keep finding at your house? Um, expired food. Wow, yeah, because you do love food. Damn it. Because I'm I'm trying not to eat as much. Uh-huh. Um but then that means I forget about the food in my house. Oh no. Sometimes it goes bad and I'm like, uh, eh, should I should I chance it? Is it worth it? I mean Sometimes you. I do. Yeah. Sometimes it is worth it. Yeah. Other times like, uh, I didn't need to do that, you know. I'm not starving to death. Oh, um. <laughs> oh boy! There it is. Um, what habit do you have now that you wish you started earlier? Hmm, that's interesting. Not eating the expired food. <laughs> no, no, it would be eating the food before it expires. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think a habit that I have now that I'm happy about is i'm starting to work out more yeah it's not a lot 
but you're just working out more compared to compared my, to yeah yeah before i was working out like once a month now I'm working out like twice a month so it's perfect gradual you've doubled progression. you've doubled yeah. i'm at 200 percent right now <laughs> deuce clip 200 um, productivity <laughs> that's more than a period okay um perfect <laughs> perfect what's the most interesting um documentary or movie or show you've watched recently I don't know if you watch documentaries, but you can do not a lot of documentaries. You can do movie or show. I've been watching a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. I see all your posts. Yeah. And then I forget to post. So then it's like seven posts in a row. I'm like, I didn't just do this today. It was, it was the past week. Yeah. I've always liked the show survivor. Yeah. I did too. And I know a lot of people, it's weird. Some people say like, "Oh, it's such a great show." Other people are like, "Oh, it's just another reality show trash." Um, but I've like grew up on the show. I I dream of going on there one day when all of my personal stuff is figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be tight. I I think it's such a great show to see everyone's capabilities mm-hmm. because. Right now we are we have a phone, TV, Wi-Fi, cars, food. When you're on Survivor, you don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. You have to work for it. You have to earn everything, and that's definitely something that I I, I want to see how much I can handle. You know? Yeah. A lot of us say, "Oh, I can handle anything, and I can really do whatever," but you don't know that until you're in those situations. No, I know my bitch boundaries. I know I would not do well. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be great. I'd be one of the yeah. first ones eliminated. It'd be terrible. <laughs> I'm voting for myself. I'm voting. Because... I need to go. <laughs> I need to check my phone. <laughs> um, so have you kept up with the show? Season by season? Yes. Or for the most part? Have you noticed a change? I watch every season every week. Damn. So, because I know with the real the the real world on MTV, it used to be really tight where it was mm-hmm. just six random people, and it was genuine. And I right. I forgot what season where MTV kind of figured out. Oh, we need to get someone who's kind of racist, and then we need to get someone who's kind of slutty, and we need to. So then it started controversial. Yeah. So then it started to be really uh, disingenuous. Did Survivor ever do that where it was just kind of, what the hell are they doing? Or has the aspect of Survivor of really just trying to survive huh? the wild, has it stayed? For the most part, it has stayed very linear mm-hmm. and consistent. I would say, obviously, every show needs changes in order to evolve, you know? Right. So before, it was definitely more about surviving the element, surviving not eating, not sleeping. Now it's surviving people that are backing you everywhere. Right. So it's, it's a different type of survivor, you know? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say too much. They're trying to recruit controversial people, like cringy in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there definitely have been some cast members that are like, whoa why is 
CBS doing all of that. But then we have to remember that CBS is more of a family sh- station and MTV mm. is more, is less. <laughs> yeah, station. being less at family so they can recruit whoever. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, definitely a show that I want to go on, a show that I've watched since like I was seven years old every week when it's on. Damn. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for doing this, Dr. Chris, Dr. Teacher Doctor. Is it Dr. Teacher? Teacher Doctor. Teacher Doctor Chris. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow um, at 11. Thank you for doing this. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, thanks I love, for finally having me. I, listen, I didn't know this technology existed. <laughs> and as soon, I was like, I need to keep doing episodes. Oh, I could do it through Zoom. Uh, so then when I was making the schedule, I think you and I were just texting. And I go, oh, I can have Dynasty on! And um, so yeah, that was it. And so now, now you'll be on, you'll be on 10 in a row just to make up for all this time. Perfect. So you'll be on with people you have. Perfect. You don't We're going to talk about being a teacher doctor for nine of them. Nine of them being Asian. Um, you'll get to talk to the Neos. Asian teacher doctors. Asian teacher doctors. Featuring Gregory <laughs> It's Cook. funny because... I, I haven't, I obviously I've talked to them over the phone. I think I had a phone call with one of them, mm-hmm. but even, um, <clears throat> but I haven't seen any of them in person. The last two lines, I haven't seen them. Who's the one before this one? Uh, oh, Meraki. Oh, you've never, oh, but you've seen them, right? No, no, never. Oh, that's it. Time to switch the schedule tomorrow. I, I've never interacted him other than the times that I had to, which sounds bad, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense I when you're in Greek life. Yeah. Times I- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, they're a good group. And that's, that's kind of what made me super sad about this whole uh, fraternity thing is there's a finally, a, uh, after a long time, a good group of guys. Um, I think since like you since tw- spring 2013. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah um that were motivated to do stuff and then now it's kind of boo-boo um but cool i'll schedule some then so you can see their face and then if you're annoyed you could just hang up <laughs> i'm gonna leave my uh my camera off <laughs> <laughs> you see him go no 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 i'm just gonna go camera off and just audio on all right dean, I will... you do this to me <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm looking out for you as your dean um thanks for doing this again i'm gonna go eat you yeah, of course. Anytime. Yes. I'll see you tomorrow at 11. Apparently, it's also the same time. Sounds there. good. All right. Why? Yeah, for summer, it's the same time. Oh, okay. Listen, I don't know the shit. For winter, you guys are an hour ahead. That's Y'all are the ones that don't do daylight savings. So I think everyone, everyone should stop. I'll send you some articles. No. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Bye. Get a flashlight again. Do you clean it before using it as a water bottle? That's why you, um, no, you don't clean it. <laughs>